0: ABF Creative Many define athletes' success by the number of MVPs earned All-Star appearances, touchdowns scored, baskets made, or championships won But the real wins occur off the field When we watch and hear our sports stars discuss the topics that matter In the pursuit of equality and social justice These voices should be heard, celebrated, and and most importantly, shared. These are the Real Sports Heroes. Time to look in the mirror
1: and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change?
0: They're just so happy to see a black man who will
2: stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice. People that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard
1: and affect change. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. I would definitely not do that. Being an NBA player don't exclude me from no conversation at all. First and foremost, I'm a black man and I'm a member of this community. Go after your dreams. You don't allow anything to take you away from your dreams.
2: Hey everyone, this is Kira. Luck. On this episode of Real Sports Heroes, I'll be joined by NFL linebacker Kenny Young. We talk about his amazing foundation, standing firm in what you believe in and being more than just an athlete. Here's my conversation with Kenny Young. So um, first of all, Kenny, I want to thank you for joining us on Real Sports Heroes. Um, I, I just want to start out with my first question: um, When did you fall in love with sports?
1: I fell in love with sports when I was eight years old. Uh, accidentally, actually, I was actually moving into uh, a new neighborhood where my mom was uh, was living at, and because I was just I was doing my grandma for a little bit for uh, for middle school. Like elementary school I should say and then um, yeah I, I, I actually my mom didn't let me play sports for a year um, I begged her she wasn't for it she wasn't going for it She I was our baby so she didn't want me to get hurt or anything like that and I felt for her mom was very old fashioned uh, but yeah I started playing when I was 9 years old uh, I was horrible at it uh, it was like literally waking up and doing chores every day uh, when I was you know at practice because I was just never good at it and I think that's anything I think I give it time uh, but yeah, I was horrible at football when I first started playing. But over time, I ate balls and, you know, have a little fat. So at what
2: point did you pee and you were like, bruh, like this is mine right here? Like this is my game.
1: I would say um, it definitely hit me when I got to middle school. When I got to middle school and then. You know uh, the attention you get. You know uh, the the touchdowns to the tackles to the interceptions. You know you do it all, and then you know people start talking about you around town, and then you know people want to hang out with you. Then you got you go from having one girlfriend to you know five of them want date you, and then you plan it. You know it was, it was fun. It was it was cool. It was like man, you know what? This is this is something cool, this is something fun, it's something inspiring that I'm giving off plan sports. So, you know, uh, I was I'm just doing it for free, honestly. Just trying to just trying to get good, honestly. Right.
2: Right. And so what was your recruitment process? you um, your I guess going into your sophomore year, you know, college is starting to look at you. What was that like getting attention from some big schools and deciding that UCLA was going to be your future home?
1: Well, I, uh, I had an interesting story. I had went to John Curtis um, from out of Louisiana. And then when I did that, my first year, I was ineligible, actually. So I couldn't p- compete uh, for varsity, for varsity's team yet. I was just playing uh, freshman and junior varsity. And then my sophomore year, I got to, uh, I got to play and uh, I got some playing time. And the two guys I had uh, in front of me that was playing at the time, Duke Riley and uh, Eric Thomas, uh, those two great guys. And, you know, they were just great role models for me to continue working, but, you know, not out there on the level that they are. And uh, just to be behind on working every day, see how it's done, see what it takes, and, you know, doing what I can with my game and learning from their game to take it to the next, next level, I think that's something I appreciated most from those guys, you know, uh, Only one guy actually from my high school is still in the league. It's Duke Riley. And, you know, we came up together. But just that dedication, the hard work, the mindset of having to get it. And, you know, back to high school, my sophomore year, I had dislocated my ankle. Uh, The first game of the playoffs, uh, my toes actually was pointing to the four on the clock. Uh, It was like hanging off my leg. So I had dislocated my my ankle. I had uh, fractured my fibula all in one injury. That was awful because, especially in Louisiana, you know, you I went four or five months without no holidays, like the other thing. Christmas passed by, New Year's passed by, Mardi Gras right, passed right, by. Right, right. Uh, my day, the day I decided to come outside was after like four months for Mardi Gras. A, <laughs> a woman course, stabbed, right? stabbed, <laughs> she stabbed her boyfriend in New Orleans on the corner. So I'm on crutches, like with screws in my leg, trying to get between cars to try to hide. But Uh, You know, that was just part of the journey. Uh, You know, I was getting recruited then, but when I hurt my ankle, it was more of a response thing, right? Like, am I going to be, you know, just an average Joe Blow? Am I going to, you know, take this opportunity of being hurt and really overcome it and try to persevere and go go out and get recruited? Because I didn't start getting uh, scholarships till after my sophomore year when I hurt my ankle. So my junior year, I played well. Um, My first offer, I remember, was Ole Miss. And then... Uh, that was strange because I'm a Louisiana cat. That right. you know, LSU is right down the road, so right. uh, you know, recruiting it's pretty it's pretty intense in the SEC. So uh, I remember, as soon as I got my Ole Miss offer, it was it was, it was I got it during like the school hours, and I checked my phone like three or four o'clock. I had I got an offer, mm-hmm. um, and then the following day I got eight offers, and LSU was one of them. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I must be doing something well, and then. My high school is known for championships, so I won. I've been to four championships and won three of them in high school. My senior year, I won the uh, MVP, and uh, my junior year, we we did well. We was the number one team in America uh, for high school wow. football that year because that 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 class was ridiculous from sophomores to uh, sophomores to juniors to seniors. And uh, yeah, I uh, I went through the recruiting process. My top schools came out to LSU, Texas A&M, OSU, UCLA. And um, yeah, I was, I was excited. I was nervous. Uh, The trips was what opened up my mind the most to, you know, uh, I think I'm, I'm a football guy, but you know, I I like to be a little smart too, a little weird. So uh, for me, that gave me life, life, culture, you know, uh, I could get better around people that's in an environment that loves to do better, you know, loves to push each other. UCLA was the best fit for that um right. you know i would uh <laughs> i wouldn't mind went to lsu but it was just too close to home right and i think you know for my style for what i for what i believe in um i think you said was best for that i'm thankful for that like i told you being on the debate team i don't think i would have ever done that with any other any of those schools that i could have went to and uh, i'm just grateful for that i'm grateful for the, the challenges and the opportunities football and you know you have given me to take this platform to the next level and uh, yeah, you know, I'm just a kid with a story from Louisiana. Um, a lot of great other people came through Louisiana to, to do their story. So uh, it's good that, you know, my fire is still lit and I get to write my story each and every day that, uh, that, I, that I get to game this late.
2: So we're not just going to gloss over the debate team. I, I don't know why you could be trying to just like slide it in. So tell me more about this debate team and what actually made you want to join.
1: So I actually never thought about joining the debate team at all. It was a, uh, it was a professor by the name of uh, Keith Fink, and he was a Bruin, actually. And he actually uh, he goes to China and uh, he does his, uh, his lawyer. Uh, but he comes in the summertime to to teach in UCLA, his uh, alma mater. So what happened was uh, I had a topic, as a topic that I was totally against, um, and I won't share the topic was. But uh, I text him the night I got my email. I said, I said, listen, I can't do this topic. You know, I, there's no way I believe in this. So what happened was he's like, you know, give us some thought. He gave me some scenarios considering the topic, and then um, I slept on it. I said, man, listen, I don't have no. I got practice at six o'clock. I got classes right after eight and the way I'm going to be prepared for the speech and, you know, in college, everything is so crammed in. So I did my research. Um, I, I I did as much as I could. And then, you know, I was nervous because by then I wasn't really ready. You know, it was just stuff that I had new or stories I have heard about the topic. So I went and did it within like over a hundred people's in the class. It was a huge auditorium, but I killed it. And after the, uh, he was like, "Listen, you, you killed your speech. I'm proud, you know, that you did that, and uh, you spoke well. I think I had tendencies of speaking well. Like I knew how I knew how to deliver it, but I didn't know, you know, specifically how to do it right, to get my point right. across. And you know, all the little ent- entities that come with communication uh, that that the debate school teaches you, uh it's a lot of learn- a lot of stuff that you can learn on a daily basis to help you communicate better. And uh even that that was just something different, like being the only athlete." Like on uh, the debate team, going to, actually it was, I had did it for, I had did it the winter of my, after my junior year. And um, the reason why he told me to join, the asked me to join the debate team, because uh, he's like, listen, you're going to go to the NFL, you're going to do great things, and you're going to have a camera always in your face. So it's good that you speak well and work on your skills now to where it's, you know, it's, it's second nature. And he said, you have it now, but I want you to get it to where you understand it and you know, it'll help you and it'll help your career. So thankful for Fink for letting me, you know, giving me the opportunity. I was the only guy that, you know, accepted that offer. Uh, right. But like I said, that whole experience is crazy because I was not for that topic. But to say that I killed it, you know, uh, it, it was cool. It was fun. I think it was something I put in my back pocket that I'll always be proud of. Uh, I love to debate now. I try to go to as many internships as possible. Last year I was with Fox, uh, you know, intern, uh, interning and shadowing Skip, Skip and uh, Shannon. And yeah. that was cool. But it's just something I love to do. I think you UCLA gave me the best shot at doing that, at expressing that side of, of myself. Uh, but, you know, I do love making kicks and scoring touchdowns and making tackles. That's, that's also cool as well. But, you know, it's always good to have some ice the icing on the cake to feel that onto the bottom.
2: Tell me about getting drafted. What was that night like for you and and also just your NFL career as a whole to the day you're getting drafted to where you are now? What has that trajectory been
1: like for you? It's just, man, it's just been when I got drafted, I knew I had projected I was going on day two. Uh, I knew I had it well enough, but, you know, according to where we was at statistically as a team and as a defense, uh you know um i i put myself in a great position to to go out and and get get drafted uh, i think you know the combination of look at my whole experience whole experience in college right i think overall overall i i did well enough to put myself in a great position so draft was more about when i went on day 3 uh to baltimore it was cool because you know ray lewis was a guy i had looked up to mm-hmm. um and his this this all about his mindset his work ethic his approach and you know, I love the way him and Ed work. I love the way they motivate each other. You know, because I carry myself that way. And um, you know, just 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 little things like that. Just going to Baltimore. Uh, you know, being being on the top defense that that year. Uh, being around old guys like Terrell Suggs, uh, Joe Flacco, C.J. Mosley, uh, Zayre Smith, Eric Weddle. Man, just a bunch of great guys. Uh, Brandon Carr. Uh, we had all those guys on that team, man. It was fun, man. It was. I was nervous. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just was following stuff, you know, and (laughs) I was on the field, off the field. And it just was like, man, life really changed fast for me. And Mm -hmm. it it was more about a thing of, okay, do you want to continue with this? Do you want this to fall off? Or do you want to take this to the next level? And, you know, because my dream have always been since I was nine years old was to make it to the NFL. Right. And I think for most guys that do, do that, you know, that is their goal. But some guys, you know, they have different motives once they get that. Just like anything, once you get, you know, the, the, the most the, the most beautiful car you think you want, you know, what's your motive after you have? It or you could still work the same. And, you know, it's just just being around those guys. Like Eric Weldon and T.L. Sucks taught me, like, this is a process even when we get to the next level. And I was young. But, yeah, I got traded by the second year after about a quarter – about a little bit, a little bit more. almost half half of the season got traded from from Baltimore to Los Angeles uh, Rams, and uh, that was good because you know before the process, during the draft process, the Rams side gave me an interview, and um, you know it basically they it, had it knew who I was, and it just was a was, it was a good start, honestly. And going into this past year, um, being on a great defense, uh, having a lot of success uh, individually, you know, as, as a team, uh, we wound up being the number one defense that year too. So. Like I said, man, honestly, the first few years you look at the ups the downs. Uh, I'm very proud of of it because it just reminds you of life, you know. Um, to the most upsetting games, to to the highest times I've, I've had, uh, I was just grateful for the journey. And just you know, just trying to come a new gym and a new a new stone, a new a new a new piece, a new identity for for what this league needs. And you know, I'm excited to embrace that with the opportunity I had this year and the years going forward.
2: Now, coming into a league that is um, or still kind of um, on the fence about um, what they're going to do concerning uh, racial equality and social injustice, how have you personally been a stand-up guy um, in making sure that your voice is heard and that you're doing the right thing and that you're putting yourself in places where you're able to help other people kind of understand what's going on in america and kind of uh make it clear that um allyship and speaking out is something that's important and needed regardless of whether you're just a bojo on the street or a superstar athlete with an incredible platform
1: yeah i mean um when you talk about a, a sensitive topic like social you know injustice or racial inequality and be like, man. Listen, after all we've been through, you know, as a people, as as a culture, um, as a as a family, uh, how we haven't had these problems fixed. Um, but I, I I like to not look at things on on these type of topics from a negative aspect, right? Um, I don't think it's no. Personally, I don't think it's a color thing. I think it's more of a culture thing. It's something that we need to get better at as a, as a people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at. Uh, women's rights, uh, whatever it is you want to say, you know, relating to anything, it's all something we need to take control of and responsible, be responsible for to to get at a better place. Do I think we've gotten better at it according to like 30 and 50 years ago? Absolutely. Are we expecting it to get to the place we want to be at tomorrow? Absolutely. Do we need to stop? Yes. So my point is, you know, it just takes time. You know, I think all these things that, there are br- brilliant things to work on. Some of the greatest people work on the hardest problems and they never get awarded for, for that. And people don't understand it. You know, it's like, what's the next thing they could do? But we don't appreciate, like, people solve our problems. And we're doing it. We just have to shine more light on us solving these problems. But yes, there's people getting together right now. Yes, there's people. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's a bunch of white people getting together trying to solve our problems. But right. it's a bunch of us trying to solve somebody else's problems. But I think if you look at it as a collective effort to try to put this country in a better place, then we're going to do that. And I think if we have intent of doing that and have a focus on doing it and the energy is spread towards Put it in a better place, they will always get me to but it takes time. And I think we're doing that, you right?
2: know. So you're not too far removed from college. So when you see these college athletes who are speaking out and uh, seeing how fans are reacting, what is your advice to these athletes in making sure that uh, their head is on straight and that they're on solid ground, um, and that they they stand firm on their beliefs, even if there's some some strife that's coming from both sides? Um, because being, um, especially at a PWI, because I, I went to one too and being a college athlete and being, you know, black, I can only imagine what that's like trying to, um Stay on brand for your school, but also make sure you're, you know, still trying to send it for your people. What do you say to them, and kind of helping them uh, make it easier for them, and understanding that they are doing the right thing?
1: Sure. You know, the best thing we could do the best what, thing what we can do, we do <laughs> The best thing we could do is make a decision, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Make a decision. Are we are we in it to help ourselves, or are we in it to help somebody else? Right. And you look at these things. It's it's so many things that you could tackle from this. It's like, you know, where do you start? You know, how do you start? You know, when do we start? Right. Um, (laughs) I I, I think, you know, the cool thing about coronavirus, not to get off subject, but I think it's it's brought our focus in. Right. So, like, hey, listen, there's a real like there's a real thing here going on where people are really, really hurt. Right. Right. And the bandages have been covered up for years and it's time to take the bandages off and try to you know use some Neosporin or Vaseline and try to heal these wounds because they're, they, they've they been sitting here for a while and they're hurt and they're not healed. <laughs> um, I think people are ty- tired and fed up. Um, individually, I think that the greatest thing I could do and the least thing I could do is just try and give action, right? Set an example to my family, set an example to myself, set an example through, through. I mean, ball is just what we do, you know, play ball, you know, we're inspiration, entertainment is cool, but, I think with a platform like this, man, you know, it's just giving you an opportunity for everyone to, to story tell. Right. Because right. it's I think these problems have been occurring. It's just about people are being more open to storytelling about it. And it's deep. It hurts. It sucks. Uh, and it's a space that not too many people know about relating to the kids about college and the fans. I think that's a huge opportunity for people to come down and sit down and understand the college athletes perspective. Uh, learn, learn the Asian guy's perspective. Why is he, su- you know, why is the black person suffering? Uh, because it's not just us that's getting hit. I think everybody of some sort of background is getting hit and affected. And it's like, why are those people suffering? What do we need to do to to help those people? Because here's, his here's, here's the issue at the end of the day. Okay. The last, no one cares that I went around knocking on like, our neighbor's door when I was a kid because I was hungry. Right. right. Like no one, no one really cared. You know, I mean, my mom cared, you know, my, my, my dad cared, my sisters cared, but no one really, really cared. So for me, it's like I have a hunger by myself that is like, man, I don't want my kid. I try to live because I want my kids to experience certain things. And you right. say, yeah, you know, money can't change that. I don't care whatever, whatever situation you put yourself in, you can't change that. But I know that with the resources that I have is able to help people that needs it. Like I said, this is just conversation. People don't understand what it's like to pay bills when you're on scholarship for, for back home. People don't know what it's like to tell your family and tell your family and no. And these are tough things. And we still yes. put kids out of college. You know, we still <laughs> we still bash them if they take money from from somebody. But it's like I think everyone is we, we're at a realm now where COVID is making everyone get creative. Uh yes. they're starting to pay athletes now in college. You know people everyone has a has a voice. And I think my main thing is what's your voice, what's your voice isn't impactful and does it cost action? And if that happens then you know I think things will be all right. But hey, you know, we only here to pass the baton. We're not here to win the race. race. So let's just do our part and just move on from there. You You
2: can come on here with your quotes of the day. We are here to pass the baton. And I like that. I'm still (laughs) that. Make sure I get
1: some copyrights money.
2: And ain't And not. It's going to be for me. Um, speaking of COVID, you have done some great COVID work in your community in LA, um, doing drives and things like that. Um, have you been vaccinated yet?
1: I have not. I'm a more of a guy that's a science-based guy, so I haven't okay. had. I trust all of the uh, vac- vaccines that's out there. Okay. Um, it just it just is a matter of time. I should have yep. my. By summer because I, right. I think i do need i think i do need it because i like to travel right uh, but yeah i will be vaccinated soon are you vaccinated
2: i, I am i got it tuesday oh uh, wow where did you get it at i got it at carolina so i'm in north carolina um so i went to unc and, and got it but um it's, it's been i've been pretty good so far just a little tired but i woke up at like 11 30 today went to sleep at like 12 so
1: yeah, get a quick cardio workout in to burn it you off.
2: You know, what's a really good idea. I might do that, take my dog for a walk or something, but um, I'm allergic to exercise, so it's a whole nother story. I've seen you done work in your community um, as far as COVID is concerned and, and making sure that uh, people see that athletes, and, and people of, who have incredible platforms are out here advocating for safety during COVID. Uh, what has that been like for you, advocating for um, something that's brand new to the public and making sure that you're telling uh, the right story with the right research?
1: Yeah, I think, man, I think um, the the idea that I started last year trying to create a foundation. So this is my foundation. It's as Young Foundation. And um, when I started it, my whole goal, besides making it to the NFL and, you know, being a flourished gym for as long as I possibly can, was to always give back. Uh, I'm from a community of giving back. Um, you know, I was partially adopted. So uh, I know what it feels like for someone to take you in. And I feel like it's my responsibility with, you know, my platform and with other people to, to bring people in that, that, that needs it. Um, so I could attack young foundation basically tackling issues early with like the youth um, mm-hmm. or I could be with yourself. But last year I donated over 400 books to Grape street elementary school. Um, it was financial literature books actually. And uh, I think for every grade level, it was grades from one to three. And I think they have like a 30% chance of a, a 30% passing chance of our reading levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just, man, it was just, Eye-opening to 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 know that you know I have a chance to really attack you know financial literature aspect with my foundation and uh, we're working on right now actually with Unify uh, LA Roman Board um, work with the Rams is also no partner with with Wasserman on Chuck uh, Young is starting a financial literature course uh, with kids from UCLA that are homeless uh, kids that are uh, in community colleges kids that that are that are adopted. You know, it'll be it'll be like a six week program where uh, about 40 kids is talking about financial literature, about decision making, right, about perspective. And I think with that, you know, even if I just change one kid's life with this, with this opportunity, we're Talking is doing uh, means a lot. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited about that. Uh, these are kids that that that's going into the real world, uh, kids that, you know, before I got into this league, I was I'm poor. I was well, I was poor. uh i didn't come from money Uh, i didn't have no concept of what rich was you know how to make money so uh the the fact that i got myself in a position to be able to have a platform to get with people to uh, educate kids right and i think you know that's a cool thing that's what this league does for you and i'll tell people all the time it's a platform for you to do whatever you want to do and uh, to be passionate about it i'm a passionate guy Uh, i love to give back so i'm excited about this opportunity
2: So you said you were grown, You grew up poor, um, what things in financial literacy have you found to be vital to you um, in your adult life and some things that you feel like are necessary for kids to learn early on?
1: I will say challenge what you believe in challenge challenge you to believe if you believe if you believe we should operate off money for the rest of the world and not you know introduce Bitcoin then they get you police that believe that I think the biggest thing is to get things that just challenge you you know to why shouldn't you buy a Gucci bag you know <laughs> with that I'm sorry if you got a gucci bag I'm sorry I'm sorry this is not this Ken is not had it so
2: like I want right, but
1: one. That, but that's my
2: thing right it's like
1: and I think they get it from a concept of they get it, but when kids like watch, you know, Kim Kardashians or, or people with like this stuff is like, oh, I desire it for that, but people pay a price for that, right? right like right. What, what people are buying. Like when you buy a purse, I would hope that you're buying a purse from someone that was giving you rent every every month. You know what I'm saying? And you're mm-hmm. keeping your hard-earned money and you're doing something with it. So that's more about the decisions that we can make. You know, how how you get out of debt? How people must know about checkings. You know, savings. Uh, do you save to spend or do you save to invest? You know, and it's like little things like that, you know, little, little things like that. I think that's what this, this, this does is that I, it's an opportunity for me to be the voice of my listen, guys. I didn't have it, you know, I didn't have it figured out, but I had a contingent, you know, a contingency plan that's, that, that was going to change. And it was more about me challenging what I believe. And I think that's what people need to understand, too, is like, man, what, you know, <laughs> what makes you get up in the morning and, you know, who's to say that's right? And everyone thinks that, you know, their way of doing something is right. But uh, you know, we talk about the race and justice stuff. It's always people that's want to talk about, you know, what's right, what's wrong. But the, the real thing is about, you know, what's 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 the real issue? And and the on top of that, what's the real solution? And it's choices. It's everyone making a choice to come together and to fix these, tackle these problems. And the same thing with this financial literature program, it's all about me raising awareness, right? And us attacking attacking the, the, the dark eyes in the room that's like, no, why are you scared to talk about, you know, your finances or your bank statements? When the last time have you seen your bank statements? And like I said, I've never got these opportunities because, you know, being a boutique in Louisiana, you're, you don't, you're not given that on a regular basis. It's not something you you check when you get on your phone. So I'll be that light. I'll be that source. I'll solve those problems. And uh, that's what Tappy Young is about it. I'm excited to get this this program rolling with Unify and L.A. Roman Board
2: you're making me feel so guilty. I can't remember every time I get my checking statement from my bank, I just throw it away. I don't even want to know. i don't, I, tell you I, don't. What.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you could join the financial literature course. I'll get you the details. Anybody else that want to join, it's free. Uh, it's just a portal and uh, you can learn something. I'm in it to learn too. It's not like, you know, I'm just in it just to give my time right. and give it perspectives. Like I'm in it to learn, you know, and grab things too, because we could be in it together. It's a few things that I buy that's a little expensive. I'm like ah, yeah, I could have bought something else, but you know, it's it's an emotional game. I think that's cool too. I think the third week we're talking about the psychology of money, right? Yeah, what sure. makes you yeah. spend the way you want to do, and right, and like let's say you buy a hot dress, but it's like, is that dress still work the same in your head when you bought it and when you leave that night from from that party or from that gathering? You know, it's like no, you throw it in the closet and you you probably shower, take a take a, go to bed, and that's a wrap. And then you wake up in the morning and the dress is like, ah, it's not worth the same. But, you know, these are things that can help us a lot with, you know, saving those $500, $300 and doing right. something else with it. Whether, whether you buy a stock, whether you put it, you know, open up an account for your kids or whatever it may be. It's just a lot. Like I said, life is about choices and perspective. And that's what of, the Tackle Young Foundation does. And if you want to be a part of that, you can join it. I'll get to the link for the financial literacy course and we can just go from there
2: I'm excited I'm gonna be like Beyonce after this and you know pay all my my dividends and and be like Warren Buffett as well so'm i excited um, there you go <laughs> so what else is halfway Young do they? do you guys plan on tackling anything else or is it just
1: financial literacy that you're really focused on right now yeah it's 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 weird man because it's like you're at a space where you sit down you don't have to go to work you don't have to spend three hours driving a day um you get to be creative sit down come over some things that's you know that was very lofty uh some things that could really you know impact people on a, on a minute level to where you can still be efficient right because that's what that's what i want to do too. i want to do right. as natural as organic and yeah. i can still do it a great football player and you know a great dad. Uh so um yeah like I said it's uh <laughs> it's a great program. Um it's all about if you want to learn it's interesting too. That's that's the cool thing about it. It's, it's me giving up you know my experiences, the the ups, the downs and uh you know the the full journey. So uh with the tackle young I, I'm I'm gonna do the financial literature course this year. Uh last year, last two years ago I did a, a camp. And last year I launched the books out to Grape Street, so it's just little things by by okay. by, by by the year. Uh, next year I plan on doing a big camp, uh, but before far as locked in, you know, I want to give a I want to give a uh, a giveaway and do this financial course for for these for these kids that's that's desperately that's desperately.
2: Has been a
1: year. Well, I told you. Um, <laughs> um, I told you what I was doing last night. So honestly, uh, I haven't. I haven't done this in a while. Um, it's been about twelve years since I've gotten to my creative side. But uh, COVID is here. I don't leave the house often. Uh, so I was drinking some tea last night. So you know what? I'm gonna sketch, and I sketch. I sketch this. Uh, This painting of a a, I guess it's a barn, a yard or whatever it is with a river Uh, Uh, it has a little quote up there I put the time you know 1230 317 and the the quote is your mind should be perceived as your home and that's your home so that's what I do in my free time I I write I go walk my dog I work out you know just just try to live and be creepy in the moment
2: Now, are there any other things in your career that you want to tackle? Are there any any milestones that you hope to accomplish before, you know, you, you cut the juices to the
1: NFL? You know, man, honestly, I, I I try to, I was at a level where I used to pinpoint, I want to get this done, that done, and this done. I, I think, you know, when I think of it in terms of, I want to get the most out of every experience. And with that, I've. With that mindset, it don't matter how much money I make, you know, I'll always be appreciative of the coaches, the teammates I've had. And, you know, it was different about the league. People don't know is that every year is a new team and it's new teammates and, you know, it's new people you hang out with, it's new coaches. Uh, it's just different. So uh, with that being said, um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) it's a beautiful thing though you know i I think of the league as as life uh where you're at in your career is how you to think of yourself in life and apply that you know to the best of your understanding or to your ignorance you know uh it's 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 a it's a combination of things that help express who you are uh it's a platform for that so yeah you get to be dope on sundays you get to be dope every day to you know your family your kids your friends Uh, you get to work out Uh, You get to call yourself a professional athlete. And uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Um, Like I said, I'm all about talking and giving back and sharing stories. uh, Because, you know, the journey hasn't always been easy to get here. (laughs) Uh, Come from some stuff. Come from some stuff. But um, everyone does. And I think I want to be that voice to let people know, hey, embrace your scars. Embrace, you know, the things that tore you down. Because that's what's going to lift you up. You know, that's what's going to lift you up.
2: Now,
1: if you don't have to answer this, but um, you keep uh, just highlighting some of the things that you went through, was there any particular moment within your childhood that you were like, "I have to change this"? Yeah, changing the way we think. I think, like I said, on is literally it's a lift off from so many things. We're doing the financial thing right now, but uh, you know, you know and one day I may I do emotional intelligence, right? And we talk about you know the the emotion behind everything, the way we think. The way we perceive, the way we fear, what what wakes up in us, what wakes us up in the morning, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things that that that, is, that, that 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 can happen from this. Like I said, it's just it's just getting started. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be something dope, something to be a part of. Um, I would advise as many kids as many adults uh, to get a, to get on to it early, um, and you know, it'll help you. It's something that you don't you don't have to pay four hundred thousand dollars to get this course. It's free. Okay. You know, it's someone that that done it, been there. But yeah, we're going to do camps. If you want, if you just bring your workout gear, bring your cleats, you can come to the camp next year, bring all your little cousins. And uh, we're going to get this rolling. I know y'all play a lot of ball in Carolina. So uh,
2: we do. (laughs) We (laughs) we, we can give the SEC SEC some problems over here in Carolina. (laughs) I know
1: y'all can. I know y'all can. But uh, nah, it's uh, like I said, it's about financial literature. Uh, it's about having fun, so that's why I have the camps. It's about education. Uh, it's about conversation, right? Creating yes. a, a safe environment where everyone comes from different stories. Yes. We share our st- struggles. We share, we share our successes, and it's a place to unite. Like I told you, it's, it's our responsibility to unite and come together and fix the world's problems. And um, you know, people are cool with that, and some people are not. So, you know, the question is where you lay. Where, uh, you know, where do you lay? <laughs> and uh, that's what, but that's what Tucker Young provides. It's simple, you know, easy concept and uh, something that's just in the working department. I'm going to steal.
2: Mm-hmm. My last question for Kenny, is um, who is your real support
1: figure? You know, I've been thinking for some time because life has evolved, sports has evolved. I would say it's Kobe. It has to be Kobe. It has to be like the, the, the eight Kobe. Um, yes. Yes. That's, I feel like you know you 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 say what's your who's your who's your uh, clone right now? Uh, that's mine. So who's yours, Michelle? Like who you feel like you just glowing? You got the energy to just get it done. There's nothing that can stop you. Like who who resonates with that in your head? For me, it's Kobe. Like when he was nasty, greedy, just wanted to kill everybody, dominate the game. It. I,
2: I think for me, it's. Be- I hate to say it because it's so cliche, but it'll be Beyonce.
1: She think she's like
2: the 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 pinnacle of what it means to be a boss. Like not only to be, you know, in a high position and killing it, but also know when to take a break and be a mom and be a wife. Like she knows her roles. It's not always about performing. It's you know what? I got three kids and a husband. I need to take a break. Like sis knows when to stop. And she knows how to keep her life private. Like, it's, yeah, she just does everything seemingly from what we, we see just right.
1: Yeah. Now, she's, she's a perfect example. Uh, man, just someone that's powerful, that's courageous. Yeah. She's out the way. Uh, she's all about family. She has time to manage and to be responsible, yes. mm-hmm. to be successful. She has a place to be vulnerable and weak. And uh, you know she, she's she's uh, a she's inspiration. She's a light. So that's a good choice, man. I yeah. hope you're not. It's, I hope you're not snappy like Beyonce.
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> no. But a very very like one A would would definitely be Jay Z. Like I'm a humongous Jay Z fan. And I think the one thing that Jay has uh, been a highlight for me is that he got in the game late as far as his first CD. And just proving that no matter at what point you decide to start, start. Um, And and that's just always been a high for me. Like his hustle from everything he ever signed said president. Like, who does that? And and, and to me, that is like, yeah, I I have to be on my Jay-Z. Nothing he ever did didn't say President Jay-Z or President Sean Carter. Like, that's just so, so hired
1: me. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's dope. That's
2: dope. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for me. I thank you so much and uh, get back to drawing and, and making up some more quotes for me that I can steal so I can make a <laughs> book of quotes um, and have your name like little small letters underneath themselves. <laughs>
1: you can do a 3% royalty fee, that's all. You
2: know, I can do 3%. That's right. easy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, thank
1: you guys appreciate it so much girl. you have a fabulous day
2: you too
0: thanks for listening to Real Sports Heroes Subscribe to the podcast to ensure you're notified when the next episode drops. And please take a second to rate and review the show. We want as many people as possible to be able to engage with our real sports heroes. And your ratings and reviews help other people find our show. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.